Hello, Marvelites. You are listening to Marvel's The Pull List for new comics on sale June 26, 2019. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Tucker Marcus. And uh, I think I'm in almost back to normal timelines and schedules. Wow. Almost. This is like you're just like living in an X-Men comic or something. Oh, yeah. Just shunting back and forth across time. Tucker. I love to shunt. Yeah. You know, I just shunt all the time. And you know what? In the UK, where you just came from, yeah. shunt isn't actually a bad word like it is it's, here. It's here is like a lot anywhere. of people think it's a bad word, but over there, it's kind of like a term of endearment sometimes. Don't you make it seem like I'm cussing, y'all. <laughs> uh, we are having a good time. I Yeah, I just got back from... I got back from London, England, there, y'all! The return of the accents. Hello! Yes. Uh, I was really good. I didn't accidentally <laughs> go into an accent at all while I was across the pond. Uh, I had a great time. I visited some amazing comic shops. Uh, mm. Give a shout out to Gosh Comics and Orbital Comics in London. I visited both of them, bought some stuff at both shops, which was really cool. Awesome. Uh, I know we have a bunch of UK listeners out there, and I know some of them uh, probably shop there. Yeah, it was really great. It was doing some Spider-Man Far From Home action. Uh, By the time you guys are listening to this, I think it's the day of the – before the premiere – it's a, it will be before. Yeah, it's the day before the red carpet live stream premiere of right. Spider-Man Far From Home, and I'll be there for that. We're recording this one early, and then I'm back home for a couple weeks before Comic-Con. Well, you so – all right. You 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 have a brief reprieve. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's Eye of the Storm time even. Yeah, it actually you got two is. major things coming. Yeah, because we're, we're going to be doing some fun stuff for uh, our shows at Comic-Con. More news about that stuff coming up. Uh, of course, if you are just joining us – Marvel's The Pull. This is a show where we talk about all the new Marvel comics that come out each week, our print issues, stuff that hits our digital apps, all the collections, all that good stuff. And before we dig in this week, I want to let y'all know that the quote-unquote everyone is a target post-credit stories that have started, that Mm -hmm. we're doing across a lot of our titles, they're starting to roll out. So um, this week, you'll see them in Amazing Spider-Man number 24 and Fantastic Four number 11. They're like these little teases of absolute carnage. They're really cool. Uh, And then there's going to be five additional books in July that'll carry new one-page absolute carnage lead-ins as well. Invaders, Avengers, Black Hat, Captain Marvel, and Immortal Hulk. Uh, We'll talk about those more. Uh, But we got to dive in to the first book, this week, which is Age of X-Men Extremists, number five. Uh, this one is written by Leah Williams, pencils by George Gianti, inks by Roberto Poggi, colors by Jim Charlampitas, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. This one, I really dig what Leah does with Jubilee, uh, because Jubilee, she's shattered by coming to terms with the reality uh, that they're in and the fact that she now remembers and doesn't know what's going on mm-hmm. with her son Shogo, which is just an absolutely terrifying reality. I mean, you are wearing a Marvel dad shirt. So yeah. As a Marvel dad, uh, you would understand what not having that child around is like. My pride and joy like that? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, I, I will give another behind the scenes look. Yeah. Our two producers, Triple P and BTBB. BBTBBTBBTBB. Yep. Percy and Becca are also wearing Marvel dad shirts. So it's, terrifying for me to be in this room right now but back to the book jubilee understands what's going on and she rampages i love this quote here it's quote everyone always forgets i can be an atom bomb if i wanted to Mm. and like that was so cool because jubilee she's always fun and you know like yeah her powers are these like fireworks but she can 
pour it on if she wanted to. It's really fun. Uh, it's a side we don't often get to see of her. And, you know, most uh, much of the issue focuses on Jubes. We also see Iceman break down. There's hugging. There's bitey, bitey rats and uh, a major moment for Psylocke. It's it's all coming to a head in the age of X-Men. Yeah. Okay, next up we have Amazing Spider-Man number 24. It is written by Nick Spencer with pencils by Ryan Otley, inks by Mark Morales and Cliff Rathburn, colors by Nathan Fairburn, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. We are coming out of the really incredible story arc, almost mini event, uh, of Hunted, where a bunch of stuff went down. And uh, that's still kind of reverberating in certain ways because... We start out with with Pete and MJ kind of finally getting some time together. And that's the name of this issue is one-on-one. And there are multiple meanings for that because we have that. And that's really nice to see. And that's great. Uh, Even though the kind of specter of this other thing is still kind of overshadowing certain elements of the story. But uh, we very quickly move on to something I was really excited to see, which is a really fascinating Mysterio story emerge. I actually thought that if you've never read anything about Mysterio or don't know anything about Quentin Beck in like a page and a half, mm. this, this issue is actually a really, really nice introduction yeah. to that character. It's a character I love. I know it's a character, a, a ton of people love. It's almost like a, it's like a doctor. It's like an analysis session. It's like almost like a psychiatrist session. It's, it's really interesting and it gets really deep into what makes this super villain, who he is, why he does things and what he is and isn't willing to admit about himself. It's, really beautifully done and uh yeah really excited to see this super menacing super creepy new villain yeah so that's amazing spider-man but we've got to move on to avengers number 20 and this is a war of the realms tie-in of course it is uh it is written by jason aaron art by ed mcginnis inks by mark morales with ed and colors by jason keith letters by vcs Corey pettit um this one uh, primarily focuses on Jen Walters, the Hulk, Uh, how she's dealing, uh, living with being this more aggressive, smashy, hulky Hulk. And Ed, Ed, he is born to draw Hulks. He just is. He kills it here. Any strong, big characters, he just excels at. And his Hulk is, you know, she's punching frost giants. She's fighting Rocks on Beefy Boys, mm-hmm. side by side with Blade, beating the tar out of You Look the Troll. Great sequence where she is just smashing You Look the Troll with a hammer to the point where the hammer's breaking and she is getting angrier. And You Look is like laughing and, like as his teeth are falling out of his <laughs> face. And he's just, by the end, he's like, marry me. <laughs> real fun. Uh, but there's some real good fighting in here. I think, though, that the inside her head stuff is the true meat and Mm -hmm. it's really wonderful. Yeah, totally. Next up, we have Black Panther number 13, which is by Ta-Nehisi Coates and Daniel Acuna. We've been bouncing around on the artwork with this series a little while. I've loved it. Some great stuff from the likes of Jen Bartel and Adam Kubert and a a bunch of really, really great stuff. So, But it's, it's obviously amazing to have the modern Marvel master, Mr. Acuna, back. Letters on this issue are by... VC's Joe Sabino. This issue is really interesting. We have everything going up up in space in the intergalactic Empire of Wakanda. And we'll get to more of that in a second. But it's also really cool because we revisit 
kind of Wakanda uh, on Earth. And we get to see uh, with something we haven't really seen that much of in this series because there's been so much amazing action going on kind of on the cosmic side of things. But uh, it's really cool to come back uh, and visit with Storm and everyone who is back in Bernanzana, um, the capital of Wakanda back on Earth. It's just really amazing. I mean, Tanasi Coates is such a risk taker. And I think that's, you know, one of the greatest things about him because he doesn't just kind of play the hits. He he's he's doing something new every single issue. This issue gets into a, a bit of a conflict between Mbaku and T'Challa in a really, really awesome way, a way that I felt was wonderfully complex. Yeah, another great issue of Black Panther. Yeah, I, I also have to make sure I give my own props to Daniel Cunha because just un, like otherworldly yeah. beautiful art. He draws panels of storm where she is just sitting and talking uh, that are more captivating yeah. and dynamic than some action scenes you'll see in, in, in some comics. Yeah. It is just beautiful. The colors, the technology, the emotion. Oof, magical. Yeah. All right. Up next is Conan the Barbarian, number seven, nearly one of my picks of the week. It is written by Jason Aaron, art by Mahmoud Asrar, colors by Matthew Wilson, letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Beautiful, beautiful cover by Asad Rabiq. But I also wanted to give a special shout out. There's a really cool cover by Nick Bradshaw and Rochelle Rosenberg of Conan battling a giant bat. Has nothing to do with the issue, but it is so friggin' awesome. <laughs> uh, I loved it so much. But this issue is terrific. It's a revenge story with Conan going after this really gross sort of wealthy dude. But it's not Conan getting revenge for himself. It's Conan getting revenge for Belit, who at this point in his history... She can't. This is after her death. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is a really important thing because the weight of her death, that loss hangs over him throughout this. And it's, you know, you when you have such skilled storytellers like Jason and Mahmood, you know that fact just a, barely. Yeah. And you feel it through the art, through the storytelling, through the way he moves, the way he looks. You know, Mahmood draws the sadness that you feel emanating off of Conan and it's the, also of course because Matthew Wilson is beautiful colors and and the tone and everything around him it is brutal it's sexy it's a sad story just terrific our Conan books are top top notch yeah totally agreed okay going from uh, the cosmic and Black Panther to the otherworldly and Conan the Barbarian uh, now back to the cosmic in a huge way with Doctor Strange number 15, um, which is by Barry Kitson and Mark Wade, finishes on the art on this one by Scott Koblish, colors by Brian Reber, letters by VC's Corey Pettit. This is the like most Kirby issue we've had in a long time. There is a lot swirling around Doctor Strange in recent issues and kind of it comes to a, a high point here we have Mephisto we have Galactus and we have Doctor Strange and a ton of heroes the Fantastic Four a bunch of others uh, coming together coming into what's a very fascinating conflict that deals with Strange's personal side that deals with uh, his kind of how he looks upon confronting a threat like Galactus I mean there's so much and there's so much 
I mean, I'm looking at this splash page here, which is just filled with Kirby Crackle. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you know, it's Barry Kitson, so what else would you expect? I feel like it must have taken six months to do one issue just because of the amount of gorgeous arc packed in here. Huge, huge issue. You can just feel it coming off the page uh, and a great one. Yeah, and I was super happy because I got to see two of my cosmic favorites, Eternity and the Living Tribunal. Yeah. Living Tribunal exists to judge. <laughs> is the internet. I love Living Tribunal so much. Yeah. Uh, all right. Up next is Fantastic Four number 11. My first pick of the week. I just woke up. Triple P. She was asleep texting on her phone. She is miraculously able to do both at the same time. Now she's back with us. It's very good. But this is a damn fun issue. It is written by Dan Slott. Art by Paco Medina, Kevin Labranda, Paolo Villanelli, and Juanan Ramirez. Colors by Jesus Arbortov. And letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. This one is called, quote, License to Quantum Drive. <laughs> and it is so fun. Uh, it's, it's actually an issue I've been hearing Dan talk about for however long I've known he was going to do Fantastic yeah. Four. So we're 11 issues in, almost a year in. So it must be two years I've, I've been hearing about this idea for this issue uh, that Franklin and Valeria ha- are, have to go through driving tests. And, like, yeah, it, maybe it doesn't sound like the most exciting thing, but it's so fun. It's so great. Like, think about it. They have traveled the world. Franklin Richards has the ability to create realities. Valeria is among the top three smartest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to then take driving tests to prove that they can operate these vehicles <laughs> safely. It's so fun. Dan actually creates the Department of Extra Normal Motor Vehicles yeah. in this issue, which I thought that's super Dan and it is super terrific. I'm, I hope we see more of that in the Marvel Universe. They tell the kids they need licenses to drive flying cars and the, the you know funky Fantastic Four vehicles. It is sweet. It's fun. It's full of antics and family bits. Uh, plus, on top of all that, you've got the microverse showing up here. Uh, and it's really neat because it gives you an explanation of the microverse. So if mm-hmm. you're just like what the hell is the microverse, it actually tells you how it functions in a, like a really quick, simple way. It's like perfect bang for your buck. Yeah. But before I move on, I want to ask you, do you remember taking your driving test? Which one? Because I failed the Whoa, first time. Nice. Do you yeah. remember why you failed? Probably because I was terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Just like I, you did everything like, I guess – technically correct but you were just bad so i'm gonna say no yeah i I don't remember i remember like not being the first of my friend group to be able to drive yeah being annoyed with that uh but eventually i got to drive i did have my first car was this white i don't know dodge or some sort of long vehicle yeah Uh, it was a white convertible it was older my scumbag uncle sold it to me and it was not a good car i remember at one point it was on fire inside near where the engine was because one of the (laughs) wires touched something and it got too hot and so i had to put that fire out and also (laughs) i remember driving home one night and i had to Use the parking brake to stop in the middle of the yeah. street because my brakes didn't right. work. Wow. That was my first car. I Wait, missed that car. What, what year uh, would this have been, ballpark? Uh, it would have been like 98, 99. Right. And at nice. that time, I had like bright colored hair. Yeah. So it was like this. I'm just imagining like the soundtrack. I don't know what is like semi charmed life is playing. You're cruising <laughs> Long Island. Oh, yeah. The like hair. Pink hair, yeah. red hair, green hair, whatever it was. Whoa. Going to punk rock shows. It was great. Uh, okay, moving on to something somehow more realistic. 
Uh, Wait, what about you? Can you even drive? Yeah, 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 you're from Jersey. You have to drive from out in the woods. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I can drive. I almost failed because uh, I did the thing where it's like, okay, stop, and now back up, do a K turn, and then I did it, did everything, went to back up, and then went forward, and like came very close to hitting the curb. He told me, if you hit that curb, you failed, but I didn't, and uh, you know, I could parallel park now. Yay! Uh, Anyway, with uh, uh, next up is uh, uh, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man number eight. It's written by Tom Taylor uh, with pencils, inks, and breakdowns by Ken Lashley. Finishes by Scott Hanna. Uh, colors by Nolan Woodard. And letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Uh, this continues a lot of really fascinating intrigue going on at the Feast Center and Aunt May. It's some, again, a, a really interesting new ground being broken by Tom, which uh, is super exciting. I, I love how he's embraced the neighborhood side of things, but also opened it up in a completely different way, opened up to the superhero side of things in, in completely new ways. And I think it just works wonderfully. He can, you know, I, I when I think of, of, of writers that are, you know, can write any hero and are, whose just style can be molded to any team, any hero, Tom Taylor is absolutely one of the first ones that come to mind. We have some really, really gorgeous art in this issue, which I was a big fan of. Um, we also get some Hobie, Hobie action, which so is good. Uh, always awesome to see. Yeah, I, I mean... <clears throat> explain that that's important because Hobie Brown is the prowler in main Marvel continuity has been for a very long time Um, but many people may know Hobie now as Spider-Punk and they may think of the prowler as Aaron Uncle Aaron Miles's uncle so there's Interesting stuff when you start talking about Hobie Brown and the Prowler, uh, but I was so psyched to see it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, and it's 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 really cool to see them team up, to th- see them just like not have just have conversations as Pete and Hobie, but then then to see them team up as Prowler and Spidey. Yeah, that was nearly one of my picks, and I I was trying to think about it as after I read it, I was like, the rumor, she's so great. Yeah, it, like I would love to see the rumor. On in some form, yeah. like a cartoon or a movie or something. I think she's terrific. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have League of Legends Lux number two. Uh, this one we promised you we would get to it last week because we uh, we missed it. So I read that one. It is written by John O'Brien, art by Tan Comics, which includes Billy Tan on pencils, Haining on inks, and Gadsden on colors. John Rochelle of Comicraft is the letterer. Uh, I just I dig the world building that's going on here. You've got. The ideas of magic and duty, good and evil, power, all that stuff. Uh, you have this poor, naive hero in Lux who she's just like trying to figure out she's got magic in a world that has outlawed mm-hmm. the use of magic. And um, she's just trying her best, Tucker. Oh, you know? man. It's really fun manga-y, anime uh, style artwork. If you like League of Legends, you're going to love this. All right. Up next is Magnificent Ms. Marvel number four. Man. The art on here is so good. It's written yeah. by Saladin Ahmed with pencils by Minkyo Jung, inks by Juan Vlasco, colors by Ian Herring, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. But Minkyo just keeps getting better every issue. Uh, the first page of art has vibes of Jim Chung to me in mm. just the best ways Jim Chung worked on the original Young Avengers and so many other books. But it is gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Emotional storytelling, great expressions. Wonderful acting, you know, that's the thing we always talk yeah. about is, you know, especially nowadays, you could tell so much that isn't in a, a word balloon or isn't in a caption. If you have a great artistic storyteller, you can do much with eyes and body movements. And Minky is really doing it. This is my favorite issue of the run so far. Totally. Uh, okay, next up we have Major X, number six. 
It's written and penciled by Mr. Rob Liefeld, with inks by Rob Liefeld, Corey Hampshire, uh, and Adelso Corona. Colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. Hey, have you noticed this? It's kind of fun. It's like a fun little thing in the art teams that we have across a bunch of different books, like and you know different artists or colorists or inkers, like that, like work on a bunch of different series, and we've been saying their names for as long as we've been doing the show, and you've been saying their names for as long as you've been doing Marvel podcast, which is like I don't know. 30 years at this point mm-hmm. uh it's fun when there's like a new artist or something because it's like it like you actually really got to focus on how to say the name a little yeah. behind the scenes peek here <laughs> some bts there's there's screaming teenagers down uh on the street for this bts action anyway um uh but like a romulo fardo jr boom i could do that in my sleep just because i've said that so, so many times were you making a joke about bts or is bts actually in the building uh no because i would go scream for that. <laughs> those boys they say <laughs> uh, okay, Major X. This is the final issue of Major X, or until we get to Major X number zero, uh, if you want some more action. But this kind of hits the nail on the head as far as what uh, Rob Liefeld has been talking about his remit for this series as a whole from the very beginning, which is inserting this story into the timeline amidst the characters that he has been famous for 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 decades at this point, especially thinking of the early 90s and all the incredible work uh, he did at the House of Ideas way back then. Uh, We start out this issue with Deadpool, a character that he is intimately familiar with, obviously, and contributed some uh, fantastic stories to. So it's really cool to see and read this entire issue on that meta level and to see Rob just doing both the, the writing and the artwork for some you know heroes that is, is really wonderful to see but like i said uh if you're looking for more we have uh issue number zero which will be uh telling the, the kind of pre-story coming out later this year yeah and look you're probably here because you want rob liefeld drawing a bunch of cable and deadpool yeah that's the issue you get <laughs> a lot of cable and deadpool i love his old grizzled cable yeah. who's got like he's massive like kingpin and into the spider-verse massive mm-hmm. like, just big beefy boy and he's got uh this great beard he's got the braids the weird massive gun it's glorious there's also a really fun savage dragon joke in there that that tickled (laughs) me all right up next is marvel comics presents number six this is the 90s issue of the series uh of course it's got three stories in there the first one is the continuation of our wolverine story written by charles soul pencils by paulo sequera inks by oren jr colors by frank darmada and letters by vc's joe caramagna um and this one has you know it's wolverine in the 90s so it's him with the x-men teaming up with Talisman of the of Alpha Flight to battle the truth. Uh, and I think it's some of the best work that Paolo's done on this story. So cool. Perfect for that 90s, like the, the 90s costumes and looks and attitude, big action. Uh, but this one gets real messed up. It is like off the rails and brutal and has this like fascinating new character show up by the end. Mm-hmm. I am very curious where this goes uh, next issue. The second story is a meta, meta, meta Deadpool story <laughs> uh, written by Tim Seeley, art by Riley Brown, inks by Craig Young, colors by J. David Ramos, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. It is – it's basically a little bit of a history lesson of the comics industry in the 90s, uh, and I dug it. And there's some parody characters that cameo in this book that made me do a hard double take. <laughs> uh, and then the third story is about Danny Ketch Ghost Rider, a pretty obscure villain named Wallow. 
And uh, it is written by Ed Brisson, art by Juan Fergari, colors by Andres Mosa, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Um, there's something really interesting going on with ghostwriters right now. Uh, so this one, like, if you're a ghostwriter fan, you definitely want to pick this one up. Like, you could read this, Guardians number six, Avengers. Yeah. Like, there's little things going on, and I'm like, oh, we're doing stuff. <laughs> it's neat. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Marvel Rising number four, uh, which is written by Nyla Magruder, uh, with art by Roberto DeSalvo and George Duarte, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Uh, we continue the showdown with Morgan Le Fay in here, uh, but not just in a way that's kind of like mano a mano, heroes versus villain showdown, which uh, we always love. But in this one, it's really interesting because uh, Nyla has uh, the Marvel Rising heroes, you know, how do their fair share of of punching and fighting there's some cool monster stuff in this uh there's some some good monster stuff in in a few issues this week we also have some interesting backstory about uh morgan lefay in this which is really interesting it comes back around uh and the heroes kamala and company try and appeal to morgan lefay's humanity in a really interesting way i won't say what happens after that but it was really cool it was a cool little swerve from what you might expect from an issue like this and uh yeah really dug it look i'm team morgan lefay in this argument <laughs> here she's like you humans have messed up look at this beautiful river that has like its own character and personality you've just polluted it yeah i'm with her yeah screw the humans yeah yeah I like, <laughs> uh patrick zercher a uh, wonderful artist tweeted uh-huh. today, I like comics more than people. And I was like, favorite. Sure, yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> uh, up next is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 44, written by Brandon Monclair, art by Aletha E. Martinez, colors by Tamar Bonvalain, letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Uh, it's got time travel. Moon Girl goes back in time, meets someone very important to her life. And it's really adorable. It's really sweet. Uh, a little sad as yeah. well. Uh, plus, she gives guff to a young Doctor Strange, which is such a fun <laughs> bit in there yeah. in the middle of the issue. Uh, Aletha fits in so well with the style of the book, and uh, it's just perfect. Yeah, I thought that was a really beautiful issue. Um, next up, we have Mr. and Mrs. X, number 12. This is the series finale to this one. It's written by Kelly Thompson with art by Javier Pina, colors by Frank D'Armada, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. As this is the series finale, I don't want to talk too much about how it wraps up, but it is really wonderful and I think totally encapsulates everything great about this series, everything great about Kelly Thompson as a writer, everything great about Kelly Thompson's love for these characters. You can really, really feel it on every single page of this issue. Um, That was something that I think was uh, characteristic of the entire series as a whole. You just know how much care is going into it from across the entire creative team. So, uh uh, a big salute to this series, to everyone that brought it to life. But uh, as you turn that last page, again, there it is. House of X and Powers of Ten. It's come down the track. You better believe it. Now, Tucker, if you were going to buy yourself a copy of House of X or Powers of Ten, yes. I think you should thank our advertiser this week, which is the Marvel MasterCard. Because did you know you could be earning cashback rewards for buying comic books? How? 
with the Marvel MasterCard. Learn how at marvelmastercard.com slash list. That's right. You could earn 3% cashback rewards paid as a statement credit on comic books, movies, restaurants, and more with the Marvel MasterCard and 1% cashback rewards paid as a statement credit on all other purchases. There's no limit to the cashback rewards you can earn, and you can enjoy special Marvel benefits like three months of a Marvel Unlimited subscription, and you can also choose your superhero from one of six cool card designs like Iron Man, Black Panther, and Spider-Man, just to name a few. Visit marvelmastercard.com slash list to learn more and apply today. marvelmastercard.com slash L-I-S-T. But you know, you can use your Marvel MasterCard for all the books we're talking about, including our next one, Runaways number 22, written by Rainbow Rowell, art by Andre Genolet, colors by Michael Garland, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and also Nico Henrikon with a one page of art mm. in here, which is a very special, intriguing page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to see more of that. But uh, this dang book is so fantastic. There's been a lot of talk lately that I've seen, even over the past week or two, people just just like going crazy and just saying this book is so brilliant it's so good and i completely agree i mean it's amazing like rainbow coming in doing this comic book and just like in these 22 issues cementing it as already one of the definitive great runaways series i mean it's amazing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible i was when i was in london talking with journalists and stuff at the event that i was at for spider-man I was, you know, people would be like, what were some good comics to read? You mm-hmm. know, like, Runaways is always that at the tip of my tongue when I tell people, like, hey, you should read this, Immortal Hulk, you know, blah, 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 whatever you are into. These are books that are going to transcend your your specific preferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, so good. We have really cute bits of Carolina, you know, doing her superhero thing. Um, we saw that sort of start to come together last issue. And here, it's just pages of pure joy and her having fun and you feel that sense of like, oh, this is what she she wants to be doing and this makes her happy. You feel that joy come off the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, great give moments of him like needing food, not being able to tell humans apart. We've got sad, sad chase moments. Like the only thing that this was missing was a soundtrack to know like whatever emo music Chase was listening to <laughs> while he was working and just like, you know, sad, sad stuff. Uh, poor old Doombot. Oh, Doombot. Uh, please, 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 please. Be up on this series. It deserves your attention. Okay, next up is my first pick of the week, and it is Spider-Man Annual number one. Uh, A few really great stories in here, but they all revolve around a very special dude, and his name is Peter Porker. Uh, That's why I picked it, because you can tell any Peter Porker story to me. And I will pick it as my favorite of the week. I am unabashed. I am among the legions of fans of... You're a hamamaniac. I'm a hamamaniac. You are absolutely right. And we have some, like, crazy talent in this issue. It's really, really awesome. The first story is written by Jason Latour, of course, uh, like a Marvel Spider-Verse legend, with art by David LaFuente, colors by Rico Renzi, same deal there, and uh, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. It's just so much fun to see how a bunch of different creatives, uh, you know, from writers to artists, everybody, uh, not just how they tell a Spider-Ham story and like what they want to focus on, what kind of specific Spider-Verse aspects of it or what kind of specific like character aspects of it, but just to see 
what for them like emerges as the like main Spider Ham tone because it's very specific. Yeah. Um, there's a very interesting mixture of like great laughs and jokes, and also like some moments where you're like you totally feel for this character at the same time, and uh, it's really amazing. The next story is written by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller and Jason Latour. How's that for a creative team right there? You know, I would like to say I had a small, I think I had a small part in this one coming together. Tiny, tiny small mm. part because I toured Lord Miller yes. around the Marvel offices. You toured them. A number of, <laughs> how dare you, a number <laughs> of months ago uh, and introduced them to Nick Lowe as oh, well on. as Devin Lewis, uh, editors for the Spider-Man comics. And Devin specifically was like, here's my card. I would love it if you could write something for us. I made that connection. Yes. I'm a deal maker. That's wow. why they call me Agent M. Whoa. Hey, he, he, a, a sparkle just came off of his teeth. See? <laughs> it made a sound. Triple P. <laughs> Hates it, which means I know it's good. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that's really awesome. I remember when they're here, super exciting, and to see them work with Jason Latour, whose work was so prominently an influence on Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, just so fantastic. The art and color uh, in this story are also by Mr. Latour, and letters are by VCs Joe Caramagna. This one kind of takes everything from that first story and like ratchets it up even more. There are some truly insane visuals going on in here, like stuff where um, it kind of like breaks a comic book in a way um, because of how the panels are laid out. It's It completely, completely works. Uh, you open that book up and it like immediately starts screaming in your face in the best way. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love that. I had so much fun. Yeah. I love that second story because it's just like, comics are wild. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. That's essentially the idea. It's real fun. Uh, all right. Up next is Spider-Man Reptilian Rage number one, written by Ralph Macchio, art by Chris Allen, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Uh, this one is just an old school style tale, a one-off. It's set with a younger Peter. Nice, clean story of Lizard battling both himself and he's going after these bad people who are just jerks. Uh, and then you have Spidey trying to make sense of it all, still balancing the Peter Parker of his life, which is so crucial to everything. Mm -hmm. it's, it's great. Uh, now going to a galaxy far, far away with Star Wars Age of Rebellion, Darth Vader number one. It's written by Greg Pak with art by Ramon Box. Colors by Stefan Petru and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. We're getting close uh, to the end of the Age of Rebellion and also close to the beginning of Greg Pak's run on Star Wars The Main Series, which I could not be more excited about. Greg Pak, Phil Noto, come on. Uh, but this issue is so, so fantastic because... As with all of these one-shot issues in the different age of XYZ, uh, talked about Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor's picking it up next up with The Age of Resistance. Could not be more excited for that as well. Great Star Wars comic stuff happening here. Um, but this issue uh, zooms in and, and, and kind of there are so many different layers to Darth Vader, but this issue focuses in on a really interesting dynamic that is very familiar to Star Wars fans. But um, we, we, we get to see in a different light here. And that is how Darth Vader is regarded by Imperial officers, just kind of like the bureaucrats of the Empire and how he deals with them. And then how the Emperor himself 
kind of lords over it all. It's really interesting. It's really, really fun. Um, and I think it's just like it's one of those issues where uh, you're reading it, you're having so much fun, and then certain things happen. I'm thinking of something in particular, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So you just like pump your fist. It's so uh, it's just so much fun. And just like you're just delighting in the evilness of it all. Uh, great stuff from Greg Pak and company. I love that the lesson that like the emperor teaches to the like the bureaucrats mm-hmm. through Vader is a lesson he learns himself yeah. later. Yeah. It's, it's, mm, delicious. Good stuff. All right. Up next is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Number three, this is written by Ethan Sachs, art by Will Sliney, colors by Dono Sanchez Almara with Proto Bunker, and lettering by VC's Travis Lanham. Uh, Of course, this is the official tie-in to the new Star Wars land uh, that everybody is just having the best time at, and Mm -hmm. I've not been to, and I feel really (laughs) angry at them. Including Every, our co-workers. Hashtag campaign. Send Marvel's Polis to Star Wars yeah. land. I will record an episode <laughs> in the cantina. We will. Yeah. We, we can do that. Right? I'm, I'm of age. Yeah. I'm not a droid. I'll be allowed into the cantina. That's right. <laughs> uh, but honestly, Tucker, I don't know much at all about the Hondo guy. There's a variant cover with this Hondo yeah. fella. So I looked him up, found out he was in the Clone Wars show as well as Rebels. Mm-hmm. And he's in Galaxy's Edge, the land. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a really cool animatronic of him in the land. I love animatronics. It's one of my favorite things at any theme park is a good animatronic. I'll just hang out and look at that <laughs> yeah. for days. It's yeah. really good. Uh, but I found out about him. I learned a little bit because uh, he's a major part of this book. Uh, also, uh, did you, how familiar are you with Star Tours? I've been on it one time. The old or just or the current? Current. So Star Tours um, had a – the old one had a pilot named Rex. Mm. Uh, he was this little droid. Right. It was cute. It was built for that that ride. Now if you go to the current Star Tours, there are like broken down versions of him in like scattered around the, the queue, like outside the queue. Right. So you look like – it's really disturbing <laughs> as someone who grew up with like the cute robot. It's yeah. like, oh – they just discarded him there. <laughs> but there's a DJ in the cantina who looks a lot like Rex, right. the original Star Tours pilot, which I thought was really, really fun. That was yeah. a nice touch. Uh, plus, there's a surprise appearance from one of my favorite Rogue One characters in this issue. Uh, we're going to see someone else cool come into the Black Spire outpost really soon. It is really fun. Yeah, it's it's so cool. It's It's like super unique in that like literally the cantina where you can go and visit and sit down and have a drink the events of this issue are taking place in it. It's like the only thing where you can actually go and live in the world of the comic. Really, really cool. Uh, Okay, next up, we have uh, Superior Spider-Man number eight. This is a War of the Realms tie-in. It's written by Christos Gage with pencils by Lam Medina, inks by Cam Smith, colors by Andy Troy and Eric Arseniega, and letters by VC's Travis Lanham. Uh, This issue uh, kind of rivals Doctor Strange this week for like number of kind of guest stars and people that have come in and as well as the amount of action packed in here because there's so much stuff. This is something we've talked about before on the show about how much fun it is to see Otto Octavius uh, interact with other heroes because, yeah, he 
does good things, but he is like such a jerk. Mm. And to see who he gets along with, to see who he kind of has friction with is really, really fun. We see the Fantastic Four show up. We see Gwenpool, Spider-Man, America. There's so many different heroes that come in. I think uh, Superior Spider-Man is one of those characters that can work so beautifully in any setting. And I think this is a great example of that. Agreed. All right, up next is Thanos number three, written by Teeny Howard, art by Ariel Olivetti, colors by Antonio Fabella, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. This one, you just got big, beefy boy Thanos <laughs> taking young Gamora with him on missions, which is a terrible idea. Yeah. He's trying to be, like you guys, a Marvel dad, <laughs> and he's just being terrible to the little kid. But she, it, it's sort of her choice to be there, and things get really dangerous. There's this kind of twisted sweetness with them together. Uh, you know, sh- there's a, a great line in here about how, like, what she, like, he was always ready to kill for her, so she would have to learn to kill for him. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember that this is Gamora as a, you know, small child. And, of course, things change over time. But you, you read this and you start to imagine, like, what if it was slightly different yeah. for them? What their paths could have been. That's fascinating. Yeah, totally. Um, Okay, now we go on to Thor number 14. And, oh, man, there is just some just great stuff in this issue. It's written by Jason Aaron with guest art by Scott Hepburn, uh, guest colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters of production by VCs Joe Sabino. I mean, a thought I had when I was reading this as well um, when I was reading More of the Realms number six is just, like, I cannot imagine... I just can't imagine a Thor story being told anymore by anyone other than Jason Aaron. Like, I know somewhere in the far-flung future, somebody else is going to have to write Thor. But I cannot imagine it because he is just the definitive master of this character. He's just like a kindred spirit with Thor Odinson himself. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he is, uh, you know, a living legend for a reason. And, you know, I, it's just like... I'm getting sad for like future me because of it. <laughs> um, uh, but I live in the present and enjoy it. Uh, I, I will say you don't need to get sad for future you. I'm sure that the person who comes next to handle Thor <laughs> will be someone we love and whose work will be tremendous. I know what that means. Anyway, uh, 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 it could mean any millions. Of it could things. mean any millions of things. But this is why, folks, you listen to, I don't know, the 52nd minute of Marvel's pull list <laughs> uh, for uh, tidbits like that. Anyway, Percy fell asleep. But she has no <laughs> idea what's going on. Is it really? Yeah. Whoa! We did it! Although you'll probably edit out about 15 minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah, of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> anyway. Um, Monster. <laughs> uh, there is... I don't know. Like, how do I talk about this? Can I? So here, here's the thing. Um, this one I found very interesting because it's a War of the Realms tie-in, but one you can read before, yeah, during, and after War of the Realms number six. Mm-hmm. And so part of why it's somewhat okay to talk about some parts of it is because on the cover to War of the Realms number six, okay. we know that young Thor is involved. Yeah. And young Thor is the focus of this issue. Yes. Um, but I do agree. It. It is a tricky one to dance around because we don't want to spoil everybody on things. Yeah, and especially not just because it's it's a spoiler in and of itself with this issue, but of how it ties in, like you said, um, to 
uh, War of the Realms number six, which Wait. is just a huge deal. Speaking of spoilers, I just got to share this. When I was in one of the comic shops, I won't say which one because mm-hmm. uh, they're great. Uh, it was, someone was picking up a second printing of one of our comics, or I think it was, might have been a third printing. <laughs> but it, the the cover was a very spoilery <laughs> page from the issue, and we printed it. Yeah, and the guy behind the counter goes, "Oh man, that's the last page of the book." Or there's like, and the guy who's buying is like, "What?" <laughs> And he's like, but I didn't know that. And the guy goes, oh. <laughs> but pretend it's all in really yeah, yes, great yes, British yes. beautiful accents yeah. that, you know, I'm not even going to try to do. So it all felt so much sweeter and right. like classier. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. really, really funny. Um, yeah. It's so essentially it's, it's, it's so cool to see the progression of this character, uh, how Jason writes this young Thor that you mentioned that is the focus of this issue, how Jason writes other iterations of this character at other points in Thor's life, I'll say, strategically, and in the life of Thor and the those who wield the hammer and all of that. He's built an entire mythology all his own over the last, I don't know, seven, eight years now. And this issue and War of the Realms number six felt like very much like threshold issues in really big ways for me in terms of that entire run of Jason Aaron on Unworthy Thor, Mighty Thor, Thor, just everything he's done. And man, is it just some spine tingling stuff at times. Just so good. So cool. We then dig into the War of the Realm stuff, which is very difficult to talk about. It's a perspective on a final battle that mostly takes place in War of the Realms number six, but it is a a very interesting, important perspective that does tie into yeah. all the stuff that you were just talking about. Yeah. Like the world, the, the the mythology that Jason's been building has such like a, a just a climax here. Yeah, for for parts of it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's so awesome, and not just why I say like Thor because it's about it's about these characters, but it's also about Thor like the name and and what that means and what that represents and everything that comes with it. It's just, I mean, you just can't say enough about it. Yeah, I've been thinking about if I had the opportunity to make an Agent M cut of War of the Realms, Uh like my own version of a full collection. Right. And so I would take most of this issue of Thor and there's parts of War of the Realms number six I would slide it into. Mm -hmm. And like the issue of Thor... That is about Loki. That yep. happens after issue number one of War of the Realms. Mm-hmm. I would slot that in. Like, there's di- different yeah. pieces of Avenger. Like, all the the tie-ins are like, oh, this would be really good if you slot this in here from a storytelling perspective to get more yeah. of the overall. Like, I would remix it just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like going. It's like going making your own track listing. Yeah. From like your favorite compact discs, rolling down the highway in your freaking sweet ass convertible as me uh all right and uh i've got to go with the next book which is my second pick of the week it is war of the realms number six of course it is oh boy this one is written by jason aaron drawn by russell dodderman colored by matthew wilson lettered by vcs joe sabino and this is chapter six quote the storm of thors which is the coolest title come on and it ties right into you know the, the the story here, but the first page, the first page of this issue, features Thor burning fire because 
He's at the sun because the world tree is growing out of the sun. So he has gone to the world tree to impale himself upon it, which is on the sun. And then he rips out his eyeball and sacrifices it mm-hmm. in order to gain knowledge. That's the kind of story we're <laughs> in. Like, that's page one, yeah. and we only get bigger from here. Of course, it is a big Marvel Universe story, but there's so much Thor stuff that we got to get to. So, like we were talking about the Thor tie in issue just previously, we have to see a different perspective as Thor is building his storm of Thors, his, mm-hmm. his team. And we look at the cover to this issue, uh, the standard cover does feature several Thors alongside our main Thor. So we've got old man Thor, young Thor. Uh, we've got his parents and we see Jane Foster's Thor. So we know that he is building a crew and we get some fun moments of him actually gathering that team, building up to this incredible double page spread. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful as the four Thors are flying to battle. There's great captions here that I had to pull, which says, The lightning flashes like stars exploding. Rain falls with a fury of hammers. And every eye does lift with fear and wonder to behold the coming of the storm of Thors. (laughs) I love this book so much. (laughs) It just is wild. And then you go from there to the streets of New York City where the battle is raging. And these are the last moments of of the war. A lot of Malachis' allies have fallen. He's still up and going. But we get maybe the coolest Carol Danvers panel like ever here where she is standing atop the queen of cinders and there's fire blazing because the queen of cinders is the daughter of of Mm surtur she's made of fire and carol is on fire covered in blood holding cinders burning giant sword and she says so much for the fire queen now where's the king of the snowflakes (laughs) and i was just like yeah (laughs) <laughs> so dope, so metal. This is big, bombastic, knock it out of the park finale to the story. I passed by uh, Will Moss's office, who is mm-hmm. the editor on this series, and I just said to him, you guys nailed it. You crushed it. Yeah. I also love to see how like the other story elements that fold in here, I'm thinking of like the the thing that happens with Malekith. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm like waiting. I don't know if I should say it, but like, Elements of this story that Jason Aaron has adopted from, like, other elements of the Marvel Universe, other stories that he didn't write, that he's just like, oh, that's so cool. I'm going to pull that in, and it's going to work seamlessly and beautifully, and it's going to add to this story. It's going to add to, like you said, this is a big Marvel Universe-wide story. Uh, and and I think I, I just I just really appreciated that. I think it's it's really a mark of, of like, a humble writer and just a, a brilliant writer like yeah. he is, yeah. And when you look at the arc of War of the Realms, you look at the arc of this Thor, Mm -hmm. like this is the ultimate crescendo. There's a moment, there's this beautiful splash page where it is the payoff that we've been waiting for. It is that moment of fulfillment where the score rises, where you you feel it swell. It's like when when Gandalf is leading the Rohirrim, you know, down the mountain and it's just like the light shines. It's everything you want. It's so good. After that, it's just... Like you just you're you're having dessert. You're yeah. just like oh, nom, 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 nom. it's so good. They absolutely hit it out of the park with this finale. Totally agreed. Uh, and we're moving from War of the Realms main series now to another War of the Realms tie-in. This is War of the Realms: New Agents of Atlas number four. It's written by Greg Pak, drawn by Gang Hyuk Lim, Moy 
R and Pop Mon, uh, with colors by Federico Blee and Andres Mosa, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, the new agents of Atlas, of course, include Bronze Silk, Shang-Chi, Crescent Io, White Fox, Wave Arrow, Luna Snow, uh, Jimmy Woo, um, Swordmaster. I think that's everyone. Uh, and there's the Monkey King. Yeah. Uh, there's Red Feather. Is that his name? Yeah. He's on yeah. The, the next page. Yeah. He gets a caption. Yep. Yeah. There, there's so <laughs> many characters. So cool. Uh, it is Diva. There was someone on, on Instagram who listens to the show who messaged me who was just like excited about all these characters. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. We got more. We got well, more well, to come. Well, the thing is like even just four issues in, there's something really special happening with this team. You just feel it. Um, there's a buzz about this book, about this team, and it's just so, so exciting. Uh, we see them go up against the Queen of Cinders, uh, all uh, kind of just, this is like spanning the entire continent of Asia. It's so cool. It's so cool to see this team working together. Uh, it's so cool to see their different powers and abilities kind of complement each other, uh, come together. Like I said, I don't know, just for some reason, whether it's, you know, Jimmy Woo who's been around for a really long time or Luna Snow who came from Marvel Games. I mean, there's just something really special uh, about this combination of heroes. It's really awesome. And of course, Greg Pak uh, and the entire creative team just absolutely does that justice. And they're, they're really what makes it uh, come to life. This wraps up this tie-in series um, uh, in a really, really awesome way. Really just makes you feel just so excited and so great for the future of this team because uh, we have New Ages of Atlas number one coming later this year, which, uh, you know, I just could not be more excited about just to, just to feel more of that energy of this team, which is really hard to do and really hard to capture. But just for some reason, uh, it, it's, it's all happening in this, in this book with this team. So great stuff. Yeah. And we've got War of the Realms, The Punisher, number three, also out this week, written by Jerry Duggan, drawn by Marcelo Ferreira, inked by Roberto Poggi, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, and- it's my second pick of the week. That's right. Yeah. Well, we'll keep it quick because, boy, oh, boy, we have, I don't know, almost 30 issues this week. And Persia is perturbed. I could just feel it happening yeah. off of her. And also um, yawning. Yeah. Um, uh, had, she had a late night. Yeah. And she just came back from Japan. I know. Um, did you see the New Ages of Atlas over there? Were they fighting the Queen of Cinders? Oh, my, you missed them anyway. Uh, 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 I just love this. Did you get through the creative team? You just did. Yes. I did. Um uh, I ask because uh, just having Jerry Duggan write The Punisher is the coolest thing in the world. I mean, it's really that simple. To see how Frank Castle handles the like extraterrestrial craziness of War of the Realms, to see how he becomes this kind of ground-level commander in a lot of ways, how he becomes a leader, takes charge, looks after the people in a bunch of different ways, tries to get them out of harm's way, to see how good people and bad people react to the situation, how bad people maybe try to take advantage of the situation for their own gain, to see how good people try and negotiate all of it, to see how Frank Castle is just this stalwart amongst it all, to see how he is unmoving in his moral conviction um, and uh, what he sees as his mission as a human being on planet Earth uh, as an anti-hero in the Marvel Universe is so cool. To see almost in its own way, like, this amazing War of the Realms action, which could not be bigger, literally could not be bigger. Can't imagine a bigger comic than this, just in terms of how it feels. To see, in a way, Frank Castle just like a horse's tail 
flick off a fly uh, and just like continue being himself, continue walking on to the next thing. It's just the coolest ever. Uh, I just love, love this book. Love this little limited series. Love to see how, uh, you know, Jerry and Frank are just kind of like made for each other in, in, in their own way. Uh, just had so much fun with that. Um, okay, now moving on from War of the Realms Punisher to War of the Realms Uncanny X-Men number three. This is the end of this limited series. Uh, tie-in War, War of the Realms is written by Matthew Rosenberg, drawn by Perry Perez. Colored by Rochelle Rosenberg and lettered by VCs Travis Lanham. This is really interesting. I think this one takes place, it can be slotted right in uh, between uh, Uncanny X-Men, I think 15 and 16. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, at uh, least right before 16. Yeah. So somewhere in. Yeah. yeah. In, in the main Uncanny X-Men uh, series, which is also, of course, written by Matthew Rosenberg. Um, it, it, so it's really, really cool. And especially I love to see. Uh, the action all going down here at Fort Syndergaard in over in Flushing, Queens. Just a nice little trip on the uh, old E train. Uh, right? Can you take the E over there too? Yeah, you can, but also 7. Uh, I think maybe also the M. Anyway, fun stuff. This has been Subway <laughs> Talk here on Marvel's Apollo. Um, uh, uh, so there's not just that, there's not just all the amazing kind of emotional uh, fallout of War of the Realms in here, which impacts a bunch of different characters in some really profound ways. And you can really feel the emotion uh, in this issue especially. And kudos not just to Matt for, you know, getting that across in the writing, but kudos to Pere. Um, just, uh, again, it's that acting thing where you can just, you feel every single moment in, in a really, really visceral way. There is, of course, no shortage of action in here. Just great stuff. Not just between the X-Men and the threats that have come with War of the Realms, but also the kind of wild card of Sabretooth thrown in the mix uh, amidst all of that. It is just delightful. A bunch going on in here, but a wonderfully balanced, great issue. Yeah. That man, that Sabretooth stuff. Yeah. So good. All right. Uh, last book of the week is Wolverine Exit Wounds number one. It's three stories by classic creators. It's really cool. Uh, the first uh, story is Red in Tooth and Claw, written by Larry Hama, pencils by Scott Eaton, inks by Sean Parsons, colors by Matt Mila. And uh, this one is set during the original Weapon X story, and the art even evokes some of that Barry Windsor Smith look and tone. Really intense and dope. Uh, Larry was on Wolverine and tons of books for a long time. Mm. Uh, it was really fun. Second story is called Aftermath, written by Chris Claremont, art by Salvador La Roca, colors by Val Staples. And this one uh, is kind of connected to the Wolverine Kitty Pride limited series of the 1980s, in which Kitty uh, went with Wolverine. They go to Japan. She gets sort of messed up by Ogun, uh, but then actually gets, you know, really skilled in, in some of the, like, um, martial arts, uh, Japanese martial arts. She gets all ninja. It's really cool. But it also has some pretty cool details and revelations. Uh, between this one and the Wolverine story in Marvel Comics Presents, we get to see our boy Logan's quote-unquote influence spread in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave it at that. The third story is called Logan, simply enough, written uh, and drawn by Sam Keith, colors by Rhonda Patterson. Uh, Sam Keith, man, he created the Max, mm -hmm. uh, did tons of work for us, especially in the 80s and early 90s. Um, and this one is neat because it's connected to a Marvel Comics Presents story from the 1990s, issues 117 through 122, featuring Wolverine, Venom, and Nightmare. You know, I remember reading those when they were coming out, and Sam Keith's art is weird and cool. So cool. Just gnarly and just 
trippy as hell. Yeah, it's yeah, great. really different. Really, yeah. Really this was awesome. nearly one of my picks of the week, just because it was great. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay, those are the individual issues on sale. Somehow we made it. We both have long white beards now. Yeah. Uh, but collections. See, there's one long white hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, He's my friend. I'm I have friend. A, a single long white hair, just like coming out of the middle of my back, and I use it to floss. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, collections on sale this week include Marvel Comics, The World Outside Your Window, Marvel Visionaries, Stan Lee, Master of Kung Fu, Epic Collection, Fight Without Pity, Mo- Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Volume 7, Bad Dream, Not Brand Ech, The Complete Collection. What? Whoa. So, I was just starting to do a, like a like a collection of the original issues, and I was going to finish it up this year at Comic-Con, mm-hmm. but if they're... <laughs> I didn't think we were ever going to collect it. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I, the originals are so great, but I don't have to spend that money. I could spend it on other Kirby stuff. Starring Marvel's number one pothead, Irving Forbush. Yeah. <laughs> he wears a pot on his head, okay? Come on. Come on. All right. Uh, uh, other collections we have Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider Ham, the Complete Collection, Volume 1, Star Wars, Dr. Afra, Volume 5, Worst Among Equals, Star Jammers. Uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, Volume 2, Stark Realities, West Coast Avengers, Volume 2, City of Evils, and X-Men Milestones, Dark Phoenix Saga. This is a hell of a week for collections. Holy crap. If you don't have Dark Phoenix, get that new version. Of course, get that Peter Parker. Get that Not Brand X. Oh, man. That's some good stuff. Mm. But, of course, you got to go to Marvel Unlimited. Plenty of issues. Uh, There's Champions Annual, Defenders, The Best Defense, number one, which wraps up that great story. Now you can read that whole thing Mm -hmm. on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, The last issue, I saw it in here, of Old Man Hawkeye is out. So now you can read all of Old Man Hawkeye on Marvel Unlimited, which is really, really cool. Uh, Of course, there are 40-odd issues of Submariner from the 1960s and 70s, which... Dig into that, uh, that and so much more, all available now on Marvel Unlimited. And whoops, and that that's a wrap for this episode. We <laughs> that's did a, it. That's a ding for Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, it deserves it. Uh, next week, I think we have ten fewer books, give or take. We'll see. Uh, but Which it's great. Is, so just like a normal amount, not even like a less than normal, yeah, just normal. We're, we're, yeah. we're back to. <laughs> The regular. Uh, But it's great. A lot of good comics. Hope you guys enjoy them. We'll be back with another episode next week. I'm Ryan. And I'm Tucker. This is Marvel. Your universe. (laughs) 